This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. We would like to thank our sponsors, Bookwitty and Unbound Worlds, for helping to make Book Riot Live 2016 happen. And you can go visit their uh, booths downstairs. Bookwitty has like a trivia, bookish trivia game happening. And it's Wheel of Book Trivia. I I feel like if anyone could like nail it, it would be (laughs) y'all. So yeah, go do that. Um, And I guess we're recording, so I'm just going to go. Hello, this is Get Booked, a weekly show for personalized reading recommendations. This week's episode is coming to you live from Book Riot Live. Woo! Good cue following, everybody. <laughs> I'm Amanda Nelson, and I'm here with Jen Northington. We are from bookriot.com, and we have our special guest, Jade Chang, who's author of The Wangs vs. the World. Hi. And Jade will be signing her book over there after this is over. Um, if you don't have it, but you want it, you can get it from the word booth uh, over there. I'm just going to keep pointing. And yeah. for people who are listening, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, so the signing line will be over there. Okay. So for people who are listening, who are in the audience, who don't know, this is a personalized reading recommendation show, like I said. So the way the show works is you send us your reading recommendation requests. They can be for you. Uh, read-alikes, so like, I read Harry Potter, need to fill this hole in my heart, what do I read next kind of a thing. Or you need a suggestion for your book club, you need a gift idea, whatever, it doesn't matter. You can email it to us at getbookedatbookriot.com, or you can drop it into the form at the bottom of the show notes uh, on every episode on the site. If it's time-sensitive, you know, you, you've got a, like, a, you want it for Christmas or Hanukkah or it's a birthday present or whatever, or you're going on a trip and you need a recommendation for it, please note that in the subject line or in like the first sentence uh, if you're using the form so that when we're going through the spreadsheet, I see... Like, I need this immediately. Um, otherwise, we might, we might miss it. We are also answering questions via email now because we get so many questions, and some of them we've already answered on the show. Um, and so we're not going to, like, make you listen to all 57 episodes of Get Book to get your answer. So we'll send you links or, uh, su- or new suggestions via email if that is the case. So do keep an eye out for that uh, if you've sent us a question. Okay, so we're going to just get started. Last year, we had an all-romance uh, edition of Get Booked, which was a lot of fun. And this year, we decided to do like a cornucopia of genre. So there's kind of like a little bit of everything in this show. So there's like no no direct theme, but it's still going to be good, I, th- I think, obviously. The theme is just very good books. Yes. yes there you mm-hmm. go. Show title. Very good books. <laughs> okay, so I will read the first question, and then Jen will do our first sponsor, and then we will move on. Okay, so this is from Emily. She says, I'm a recent college grad. My former classmates and I have started a book club. Uh, It's called Two Sides of the Same Earth. We've been diving into books from all different cultures and races. So far, we've read uh, I Am Malala, which is from Pakistan, Things Fall Apart from Nigeria, and The Motorcycle Diaries from South America. Uh, They've been a mix of biographies, journals, novels, and each has been amazing in its own way. Do you have any recommendations for books that are of the same idea? We're open to fiction and nonfiction. We just want to be challenged to see the world from a different perspective. We've been looking at different parts of the world, so something Asian, European, or Australian would be good, in addition to any other kind of book that would challenge us and spark discussion. 
Okay, so sponsor one is going to be Jen. Yes. <laughs> so our first sponsor is Madison Reed, and um, they make like hair dye for the full head, not in rainbow colors, <laughs> alas. <laughs> but <laughs> one of my favorite things about their site, if you go to madison-reed.com, is you can put in your current hair color and then like where you want to end up, and they have this wonderful shade, you know, like quiz that you take, and it recommends all of these different options for you, and you can pick exactly what gradient you want. It's very fancy. Um, unlike a lot of home hair dyes, it doesn't have all of the like terrible parabens and ammonias and whatever. They use argan oil and ginseng and all of the good things in your hair. And they also promise 100% gray coverage if that is the thing you're looking for. So if you go to madison-reed.com and use the code BOOKED, B-O-O-K-E-D, you will get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. So thank you so much to them for sponsoring the show. Okay. Okay, so... Uh, my pick for this is a, I don't know if it's middle grade or why, I feel, you know, these like invented marketing terms that make no sense to me, but it's one or the other, I don't know. It's Listen Slowly by uh, Tanha Lai, which I've never said out loud before, and I'm sorry if I uh-huh. said that wrong. Um, and this play, it takes place in Vietnam. So the main character, her name is Mai, she's a girl born in California, her parents are Vietnamese, um, and she is being forced to spend the summer after her... Um, I think she's 12, 12 or 13. She's being forced to spend the summer in Vietnam with her grandmother. Her grandmother wants to go back to her home village and see if she can find out what happened to her husband who disappeared during the Vietnam War and never came back. So like a typical 12-year-old girl, she like doesn't want to go. She was planning on spending like her entire summer in California with like this boy she's got a crush on um, and her best friend who turns out to be kind of awful. It's not a spoiler. She's like awful from page one. And so you're, you're, <laughs> it's fun. Um, and so she has to go to Vietnam for several weeks, and she doesn't really speak Vietnamese. She's like not down with the food. She doesn't understand the clothes. Like, she's Vietnamese, but she's from California, right? Like, this is her culture that she identifies with. And so she, you're following her journey from like, kind of whiny, you know, like twelve. Like you're a twelve year old girl who's not getting your way and is being forced to spend in a, like your summer in a place with no air conditioning. Wah. So you have she, you're like starting there. And then you follow her as she realizes what this culture and this community and this search for her grandfather means to her grandmother. And then you kind of watch. And the writing, the writing, the way that she does this is like so sly and subtle and smart. You like watch her fall in love with her cultural, culture of origin um, and become invested in finding out what happened to her own family during this war. But the voice never changes. Like the, she's still a 12-year-old girl, right? And she's still thinking about things in like a, like from a 12-year-old's like, I, but, but what's happening to this boy I have a crush on at home, but also this food is amazing, and why didn't I know that? And, like, I suddenly know how to say this sentence in Vietnamese, and that's kind of awful, but, like, secretly great, and I love it. But, like, loving things isn't cool because I'm 12. So, um, but, yeah, her voice is, like, kind of snarky, but she's really precocious and smart but not annoying. And it's just a really, like, heartfelt, really lovely book that, that, like, watches a little girl grow from being really narcissistic to being very selfless and invested in her family. So, let's listen slowly by Tan Halai. And now it's your turn. Dance okay. <laughs> um, so, I am also recommending a book about a teenager, which I feel like that is not what the question asker had in mind, but... That's what she's getting. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the show. I don't know. <laughs> You're already very good at this. That's how we roll. <laughs> um, so I'm also recommending, it is a book that was written by a friend, which I promise is the only friend book that I'm recommending this time. Um, but it's called Tina's Mouth, an Existential Comic Diary. And it's a graphic novel, and it's by Keshti Kashyap. And it's amazing. Um, and so... Tina is um, an Indian girl 
living in Southern California. She's born in Southern California, um, going to a small private school. But what makes this graphic novel so fun is that it's it kind of centers around she's gotten this assignment to write letters to a favorite philosopher, and she's writing them to Sartre. Did I pronounce that correctly? I think it's Sartre. Sartre? Sorry. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Does I any, things are, like are I there any them. authorities in the crowd who... <laughs> <laughs> Zart? No. Yes. Thank you. That's who she's writing them to. Um, so it's really, so it's like her kind of coming to grips with existentialism in the middle of sunny Southern California. And the other kind of thing to throw in there is that um, her school is doing a production of The Seven Samurai that she's in. So you get these two things, and then you also get her Indian-American family and the voices of all of her aunties, and it's nothing like you would expect. And in terms of like something that would spark good discussion, I, I can totally picture a book group, you know, kind of talking about, like, how they would see their lives through the eyes of different philosophers and... Um, yeah, and also just seeing these sort of like several unexpected cultural touchstones all put together is really fascinating. So I highly recommend it. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh the, yeah, sorry. The title again is Tina's Mouth, an Existential Comic Diary by Keshni Kashyap. All right, my pick for this is The Man with Compound Eyes by Wu Ming Yi, which is Crazy Pants. Oh, somebody else has read it. What? Okay, good. Excellent. Enthusiastic shouting for the audience. It's a really good book. Um, it is it is not straightforward literary fiction. It's probably more on the like genre side of things. Uh, there's two separate storylines, and the first is about a woman who has lost her son and husband in a climbing accident in ta- in Taiwan, which is where she lives. Um, and then the second storyline is a boy who lives on a very strange island out in the sea, um, and the story kind of unfolds as they come closer and closer and then start interacting with each other. And I, I like don't know how much to tell you about the plot because it's very oh, okay. kind of weird and the less you know, I think the more fun it is. Um, so I don't want to say too much, but things are not as they seem. There's some like maybe sort of surrealist slash is it science fiction slash is it just brains being weird stuff going on uh, that I really loved. And... I haven't read that many Taiwanese genre novels basically ever. I, you know, so I think it's a really cool book group pick for that reason and also because there is just going to be so much to talk about. Like, you could argue about what's actually happening for, like, a day. <laughs> so, so that is my pick for this question, uh, Man with Compound Eyes by Wu Mingyi. Oh, and I am reading the next question. Okay, this next question is from... I don't think I put no name. name. Okay, cool. Sorry. Uh, I was hoping you can help me find some books that are similar to a favorite author of mine. This is going to be a hard request, I think, but if anyone can find similar books, I trust you can. I fell in love with Amelie Notham while browsing the library shelves a few years ago. She writes very short novellas, and not all of them have been translated into English, sadly. I've pretty much went through her entire collection, and I need more. Her writing style is sparse, but she makes every written word worth it. She also has a knack for writing about nothing, but making you care very much about it. So any chance you could find me some similar novellas to sink my teeth into? I cheated. 
Um, <laughs> I did too. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so I don't know if this is, it's short, but it's not really novella length, but um, I picked Contents May Have Shifted by Pam Houston. It's, yeah, no, nah, it's 300 pages. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a novella at all. Um, but the chapters, okay, the chapters are all super short. It's 144 chapters. Oh. So each chapter is only two or three pages. And it's billed, not billed, but described as, uh, she describes it, Pam Houston describes the book as 144 reasons to not commit suicide. And her writing is very sparse, just like she was describing. Um, so it's, it's supposed to be a novel, but it's like one of those autobiographical novels, you know, um, that are about this woman who is not, she's like lo- unlucky in love, she can't settle down. Um, and it's mostly about her travels. So every chapter is like, a new place that she's gone. And it's not like she just has wanderlust and wants to see the world. It's like she's fleeing her life and cannot stop. It's like compulsive traveling. But it's really fascinating because she goes to the most interesting places. Like she goes to Tibet to watch an, an air funeral, which is when, uh, when someone dies in Tibet. They're, they're, you know, they're up on a mountain. The ground is too stony for burials. So they feed you to the birds, basically, to like the, the what are they called? Not hawks. Vultures. Yes, thank you. Vultures! Bingo! Um, they feed you to the vultures. So she goes to watch that at a, at a monastery. Um, she goes to, like, the wilds of Wyoming. Some of them, some of the chapters are about, like, being at home with her dogs, because some days dogs are a reason to not commit suicide, right? Like, your dogs are your people. Um, and her writing is fascinating. Like, she, it's almost Hemingway-ish, like, very short sentences, very spare, but it's better than Hemingway. Like, much love to Hemingway, but... they're they're more like creative there's more going on they have more depth and like meat like you can really sink your teeth into these two or three page chapters Um, so it can get a little bit like woo kind of like some of like there are chapters about like I went to a hotel and went to a really good yoga class and it was very soothing and it's like (laughs) a 40 year old white lady going to a yoga class and talking about like her meditation practice which is okay Um, but you know if you can get past that which I can because the writing is amazing and she's making really great points um, then I think that you'll really like it so that's Contents May Have Shifted by Pam Houston okay so I'm also kind of cheating in a different way in that I'm going to give you two suggestions Okay, so the first one is The Department of Speculation by... Oh, sorry. Hey, cosine. Yay. Uh, by Jenny Offal. Awful. But it's O-F-F-I-L-L, not awful. A-W-F-U-L. <laughs> um, I, this book is amazing. I read it on a plane. I read it and I started reading it when I got on the plane and I finished literally as we landed. And I think that might be... One of the reasons I feel such affection for it because it was just so perfectly encompassed that journey. But um, it is, so it's a little bit, it's both very abstract and very specific at the same time. It's really beautifully written. It's, it's quite short. Um, and it's about sort of the failure and success of a marriage and just kind of, it's, so in concept, it's so prosaic and everyday, but in execution, it's really innovative. It's really beautiful. It's really thought-provoking. It's very funny, and it's very dark. Um, she's angry. She's angry. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. Okay, my other one is... <laughs> so apparently, I don't know how to pronounce French names at all. <laughs> so this is... Um, it's um, the artist Sophie Call, okay, C A Call, Call, C A L L E. 
so she's, she is a working artist. She's French. Um, she puts out these books. And when I was reading about... So I had never heard of Amelie Northam, sadly, I must confess. But I read an excellent article about her in preparation <laughs> for this. And her books sound like... The plots of her books sound like um, Sophie Call's art. And so she puts out these fantastic... So I'll just describe one of her art projects. For example, um, she had her mother hire a private investigator to follow her. Oh, I think yes, this okay. is her. Yeah. She had her mother hire a private investigator to follow her. He documented all of her movements, took photos of what she was doing, etc. She had no idea like when or where he was seeing her. And then it's so creepy, but fascinating. And such a fascinating way to like turn an unseeing camera on yourself in a way, you know? And so the actual show was you, all of these photos and documentation kind of curated and arranged. And then this book te- also tells some of the backstory of it. So I, I think if you're an Amelie Northam fan, I think you'd also like these. I feel like I would feel the need to wash my hair every day, <laughs> if I just, which is like the most. Yeah, am I? Do I look? Right. Am I, I don't know. Like I'm performing until this is over. Right. right. Or wouldn't you? But if you if he was a good private investigator, you wouldn't see him. So then no, she I, didn't you might see him. Forget. She had no idea. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, but if you know he's out there somewhere, I don't know. <laughs> I would be bad at that. Game. I know. I, I would be. I'm bad at art. <laughs> 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 Okay, it's my turn. Yes. Um, I cheated in that my book is not a novella, but it's a very short novel. It's less than 200 pages, so I cheated less than Amanda. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it is The Long Shot by Katie Kitamura, and I would actually recommend her newest novel, but that's not out until, like, March. But if you're into books that are about nothing and make you really stressed out about it, um, <laughs> Separation comes out in, I think it's March of 2017, and it's about a marriage that's on the rocks, and, like, I, I can't. Anyway, okay. But the book book I'm actually recommending, because you can read it right now, is The Long Shot, uh, which is her book about... uh, like mixed martial arts fighter, boxer guy, who's kind of on his way out, but he's headed down to Mexico, and this is su- supposed to be his comeback fight. So he is with his trainer, and the two of them are in the car, and then, <clears throat> excuse me, and then they're in the hotel, and then they go to the fight, and like they have the way in, and it's a whole lot of very mundane, small, tiny details that build to this really amazing finish. Um, and her writing has a really great physicality about it. It's not fancy, but it really moves, and it feels very kinetic, which is appropriate given that she's writing about an athlete. Uh, and it's just amazing. I mean, there's not a lot that happens actually until the very end, but you're, I was totally gripped the whole time. So that's The Long Shot by Katie Kitamura. Okay, question three. This is from Anne. She says, uh, Center Stage is one of my favorite movies of all time, and I'm always looking for... So- oh, all right. <laughs> we love Center Stage. I love Center Stage. Yes, yeah, yes. Come on. Uh, me too. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm always looking for soapy, enjoyable reads about women who are happy to destroy their bodies and their rivals to make it to the top. That's like the best subgenre ever. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> Cheerleaders and gymnasts totally count too. I loved Dare Me, uh, which is by Megan Abbott. So any recommendations in that vein are appreciated. Okay. Um, because she said Dare Me, I didn't do another Megan Abbott, but the newest Megan Abbott, you will know me. I'm like 
cheating here and suggesting that also, which is about gymnasts who destroy their bodies and their rivals to make it to the top. And it's amazing. And it's like teenage girls being weird, uh, which is yeah. what she's good at. What Megan Hammond yeah. is best at is so good. Yeah. teenage girls being mean. Okay. So the book that I'm actually recommending for this question, the actual answer is Point by Brandy Colbert. Colbert? Colbert? C-O-L-B-E-R-T. It's Colbert. I actually know her and she said that Stephen Colbert has, you know, destroyed pronunciations of her name. (laughs) Colbert is a ruiner. (laughs) Damn him. (laughs) Okay, so Point by Brandy Colbert and it's Point with an E. Um, So this is about a teenage girl. Her name is Theo. It's YA. Uh, She is a ballerina. She's a black girl which makes her life in ballet extra interesting. Um, She is... Getting her life together. So, like, when she was a little bit younger, her best friend went missing. Um, She has an eating disorder. She, like, has... Oh, that's kind of a spoiler. Some, like, personal issues that come up later. Um, But, like, now she's kind of getting her eating back in order. Um, She's dating a guy who is... See, I can't explain. They're not. Yeah, yeah. they're not really date. Spoilers, man. There is a guy. Spoilers. There's a guy. Because it's YA. So there's a guy. It's always a guy. Um, And she's, okay, so she's in training, right? She's like doing the thing. And, you know, ballerinas are notoriously hard on the body. And then her best friend who disappeared for years ago comes back, Donovan. And you find out that he was kidnapped. And that she has like secrets about that. Um, and man, I just like, I can't say anything else. Yeah, and I didn't think yeah, about this before. Everything's a spoiler for this book. So, like, you think you're going into like a mystery huh. about what happened to this kid and his kidnapping, and you kind of are, but it's mostly about like watching Theo get her life together, kind of. And she's a great character. Like, she's rough and she's gritty and she's not like sweet or nice. She, she's naive in like the way that a teenager is, but she's very worldly and smart um, and like tough, but. Uh, like, tough and naive, like, like the best, you know, YA main, uh, main characters are. So, that's Point by Brandy Colbert, which I know how to pronounce. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, so, I have three... Su- I, I don't know if three. this is... Is this... Uh, Do am it. I breaking all the rules here? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll... Okay, so... Um, the first thing that came to mind was Teresa Rebeck's uh, Three Girls and Their Brother... It's a very weird book. <laughs> it, um, so it's about, and it came out, um, I don't know, it, it came out a little while ago, kind of a, slightly before our current culture of celebrity. It kind of came out in, I would say, like the Paris Hilton time. And so it's about three girls and their brother. And the three girls get, um, like, they happen to have they happen to be like very pretty girls with very striking red hair and so they get this article written about them as like the new it girls and it just sort of launches their lives and tears them apart and it's really fascinating to read um it's 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 delicious and gossipy and i think it really would satisfy this this question asker but i think also the classic recommendation for this is um, Mary Gateskill's Veronica, which, you know, is about a, a model and her friend, and it is dark, dark, dark. <laughs> I mean, in a way, I don't remember a single thing about that book, but I still, when I think about it, have this, like, feeling of, like, a black tar over my heart, <laughs> you know. It's really... Show title. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, and then I haven't read this book, but I bet it fulfills everything, and I'm sure we're all excited to read it, which is Zadie Smith's Swing Time. Yes. 
Yeah. All right. Have you all read it yet? No. Is it out? No. No, it's not out yet. Yeah. Soon. Yeah, Tuesday. Oh, my turn? Okay. Um, My pick for this question is The Walls Around Us by Nova Rensuma, which is, yay, which is girls who are out to destroy their rivals, plus also juvie. Um, (laughs) With a twist. It's got like a slightly, I don't know if it's surrealism or magical realism because I'm tired, but it's one of those two things with a twist. Um, And so there's two storylines. One of them is a girl who is a ballerina and who is not playing games when it comes to her career. And then the other storyline takes place in a girl's... I'm so, like, congested, Sorry about that. Um, in, in a girls' juvenile detention center, and you're following one of the girls as she, like, sort of narrates her life. Um, and the two do coincide because it turns out that one of the... The ballerina's best friend was sent to this... Uh, I think it's Juvie. And it so... Is. Yeah, right. And, um, and so... But it, the, the story gets much more complicated than that. <laughs> and what I love about this book is it is about competition and the ways it can go very, very wrong. Um, it's also about race and class, and, and then it's got this weird, like, kind of supernatural thread to it, so it's doing a lot of things all at the same time, and I just loved it. I thought it was amazing. So, again, that's Walls Around Us by Nova Rensuma. I bet. Do, am I, is it my turn? It's mine. Okay. I'm, we're doing real good. Okay. <laughs> this question is from Ami, who I met last night. It's you, Amy. Yes, hi. hi. Um, okay. We've never had a person look in front of us. I, she told me that she had submitted this a question like, a year she, ago, and I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And she told me what I was. I was like, we're answering it tomorrow. These better be <laughs> so some good answers, We finally, guys. we do eventually get to them. Yeah. This is proof. We've, like, promised to get to every single we're, one. We're going to try. This so might hard. be, like, after the Trump presidency. You know. <laughs> Womp womp. I know, sorry. Um, oh, I okay, went there. Okay, okay. So this question is, I read Monica Never Shuts Up by A.S. King nearly a year ago, and I can't stop thinking about it. Please give me all the short stories that are as weird, creative, and as absorbing as Monica Never Shuts Up. All right. Okay, so my pick for you <laughs> is... You're sitting uh, right there. We can look at you. I know. It's exciting. It's called We Show What We Have Learned and Other Stories. It's by Claire Beams. And this is kind of new. I think it came... Uh, yeah, it came out in October, and it's from a small press called Lookout Books. And it was super kind of like under the radar. I, don't, I haven't heard like much press about it, but it is... Oh, it's so good. Okay. Um, it's very Kelly Linkish. Like, every story has something that's just a tick off or, um, like, just a tick surreal um, or absurd. Um, so, for example, like, in the first story, a girl goes off to a boarding school. Her parents send her off to a boarding school, and it's a very strict and, like, kind of patriarchal, like, uh, gender normative kind of boarding school where, like, girls are taught to be sweet and, and all of this kind of thing. But then you find out that, like, they're also taught to, like, alter their bodies in very weird ways. Yeah. Um, there's another one about a, a woman who's getting married. Her husband has just returned from World War II, uh, and he wants to have her wear a wedding dress made out of the parachute that saved his life, because he's a paratrooper. He was a paratrooper in World War II, and he brought it home. And so she... Um, her, her mother, like, turns this parachute, this, like, nylon parachute into a dress, uh, except the bride swears that she can, like, smell burning flesh on it because he is so obsessed with, like, never, like, not changing anything about it because it, it saved his life and it's, like, his good luck charm now. Um, and then when she pushes back about not wanting to wear it, he gets kind of violent and she realizes that, like, it just becomes, this, the dress is, like, this whole metaphor for, like, getting trapped in a marriage that you're being forced into that you don't ever, that you don't want to, like, get it. Anyway, um, so all of the stories are super feminist, which A.S. King is, like, mm-hmm. 
so feministy yeah. um, and like dark and twisty and weird. Um, and she's like, she's an author that I think deserves much more attention than she's getting right now, which is often the case with small press books. So that's uh, We Show What We Have Learned and Other Stories by Claire Beams. Super weird. So weird. Um, okay, so I think that the the kind of obvious suggestions for this question are probably like Amy Bender's book, which I loved so much, um, and Miranda July's book, uh, which is also fantastic. But Karen Russell. Yeah, Karen Russell. Um, but I am going to cheat again. So what I'm recommending is not a book of short stories, but in a way it kind of reads like a book of short stories. Um, it's Madeline is Sleeping, by Sarah Shunlian Bynum. And I think this is a book that I'm kind of surprised it hasn't received like more attention. Yeah. Um, it is, it came out in 2005, actually. I didn't realize it'd been so long. Um, it is hard to describe. So it's about, I mean, it is what the title says. Madeline is sleeping. It's about a girl in a French village who just falls into this deep, deep sleep. Um, but it's, you know, the entire world that kind of unfolds in her head as she's sleeping. And it's, oh, God, it's like stories of people in the village, but then it's also um, her, she, you know, she manages to have this entire kind of, like, existence and story life while she's sleeping as well. Um, I, she, for example, she joins a gypsy circus. She falls in love. She, it, in a very unexpected way as well. In the gypsy circus? Ah, sort of. <laughs> I, basically, I re- it's quite short. I read this book and then I was like, what? <laughs> and then I started from the beginning and read it all over again. Like that, and I think that is... That I would guess, I would bet that that is not an uncommon reaction to it. Mm. What's the title? Say the title. Again. Oh, the title again is "Madeline Is Sleeping" by Sarah Shenlian Bynum. Okay, so my pick for this is a short story collection called Safe as Houses by Marie-Helene Bertino, um, who is just great. This collection just blew me away when I read it. It is, the stories are all super short. It's like the tiniest little book. Um, And they're so weird. In one of them, this girl, just like random 20-something girl, brings Bob Dylan home for Thanksgiving. Because... Yeah. And um, and he's just, like, hanging out, being Bob Dylan, while the family is having this, like, really intense family interaction. <laughs> um, and it's hilarious. And he's almost always referred to entirely as Bob Dylan. So it's like, <laughs> and then he had a cigarette. It's like, and then Bob Dylan had a cigarette. It's really, it's really, really good. There's another one um, that is about an alien who works in an office faxing reports home about, like, who's a jerk with the candy jar and why nobody will ever bring back the bathroom key and like all of these super mundane things. Um, But that one gets really emotional towards the end. Uh, There's another one where a girl is having dinner with like her ideal version of her ex-boyfriend and like having a conversation with this like idealized version about why it didn't work out and like how things could have been different. And then at a certain point she sees walking by the ex with the idealized version of her. Like it's just really bizarre, fun, interesting. And then eventually like you'll get a little gut punch um, in there as well. So it's it's just great. Uh, So that's Safest Houses by Marie Helene Bertino. Okay, so before we get to question five, we are going to do our sex... Next sponsor. (laughs) 
We, we were here well, at 4 a.m. That's not a bingo card guys. entry, but I feel like it should be. Oh, yeah. Does that count as Amanda flirting? accidentally says sex. <laughs> show is so much more exciting than I was expecting, I guys. know. Well, I am going to talk about Spoon Reads, and they do some romance, so I don't know. Okay, so Spoon Reads is our next sponsor. I'm so sorry, Spoon Reads. Um, they are a YA publisher. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I got to get it together, y'all. Um, and okay, so the thing about Swoon Reads is that they publish every genre of young adult fiction, so including romance, epic, alien, sci-fi adventures, contemporary, all your feelings, issues, books, like all of that. But the difference between them and like other publishers is that they involve the community. So if you're a YA reader, you can go to swoonreads.com and read manuscripts and help them pick like what is worthy of, not worthy, that's the wrong way to put it, but like what needs to be published, like what voices need to be heard. And then... You can help vote on the cover that the books get, which is cool because, you know, why publishing has got some covers that are, like, not great and are not um, <laughs> equitable. Anyway, that's a rant. I'm not going to go on a rant in the middle of an ad read. That's horrible. Um, so Swoon Reads will let uh, c- uh, community members participate in every step of the publishing process, and they are currently accepting manuscripts. So you, if you are a... YA author, you can go to swoonreads.com and submit your manuscript for consideration. Um, which is, like, this is a nice time. I feel like it's NaNoWriMo is, like, a good... Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a good way to end NaNoWriMo. So if you're working on a YA novel now and you, and you win NaNoWriMo, um, you can submit it to Spoon Reads and get some feedback from the community. So thank you for sponsoring the show. And I'm sorry that I said sex. I just said it Four again. Times now. I keep Four saying times. it. <laughs> okay. Book ended with sex. Well, you know, and in the like, last like, panel, I think I said... Like 14 times. But we weren't recording that, so it's fine. (laughs) All right, question five. This is from Mary. Um, She says, I'm looking for a book in the same beat as The Devil Wears Prada. That's my post-grad life right now. I'm sorry. (laughs) And And I need to cope with it through reading about other people struggling with the assistant life. I need hope and perspective. Um, I would be fascinated by nonfiction, but I love fiction. I want to see a person struggle with the self-respect and personal limits of having a demanding boss, but come out in an admirable light, especially if it features tough choices. Okay, so my pick for this one uh, was also made into a movie. It's The Nanny Diaries by Emma McLaughlin. Um, And as the title suggests, it's about a nanny. It's written by, I think... two authors, yeah, mm-hmm. two women who were nannies uh, in New York City, and the main character is in uh, you know, graduate school or whatever, and she's like trying to, or she's out of college, and she's trying to like pay for her apartment in New York and like make a life for herself, and so she gets a job working as a nanny for a, a, st- a stay-at-home mom feels like the wrong term, but like an Upper East Side wife who does not work, does not cook, does not clean, does not raise her own child, and the husband is awful and is like off having affairs and doing work and traveling and all that. And so she lives with them. She's a living nanny. And the child, um, the questioner asks for a book with tough choices. And I feel like there are a lot of tough choices centered around the kid in this book because they're bad parents, right? Um, but the mom, well, that's kind of a spoiler. Anyway, they're bad. They're like bad parents when you first meet them. And so the, the nanny, the man character has to decide constantly if she's going to stick with what this person, what her bosses want her to do with this kid or like treat him like a human instead of like an accessory or a pet. Um, so she is treated very badly throughout the, you know, in a very Devil Wears Prada style. And it's the same sort of like wealthy, entitled people talking down to like a working class girl um, kind of feeling to it. But I feel like there's more character development with the boss or the family in, in this than you necessarily get. I mean, you get a little bit of that in The Devil Wears Prada, but um, in The Nanny Diaries, it's, I think, a little more humanizing. Um, 
There's also a little bit of like a side romance if that's the thing you're into. Uh, so yeah, so that's The Nanny Diaries by Emma McLaughlin. Who was in that movie? I can't, was it I cannot. Scarlett? Anne Hathaway. Thank you. Scarlett Johansson. Oh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, okay. Your turn. I was wrong. <laughs> we uh, should always have an audience. You guys are helpful. No, it's so useful. Okay, so I feel like I'm never going to be asked back on this podcast <laughs> because my answers are very contrary, but I think would also truly fulfill what people are asking for in their hearts. <laughs> I don't know. How, how did Mary feel about the last question? Was your name Mary? Amy. Amy, sorry. Okay, good. She's into it. Done. So, uh, but this, oh, this is Mary, and she may be less into this, which is, so my recommendation actually is an amazing book that I think should be required reading for every single person in America, and I mean this. Um, it's Studs Terkel's Working. It's, so Studs Terkel was a journalist, and this book is actually from the 70s. It is nonfiction. It's so essentially, he traveled the country and he spoke to people about their jobs. And it's, it really, like, the premise that he starts out with is that, like, on the one hand, work is an indignity that we must all suffer. <laughs> and at the, on the other hand, work is also a thing that can, like, ennoble our lives as well and I think that is so true and so beautiful and so this the book is just people's stories so it's it's um it's essentially his transcripts of uh just people all kinds of different people talking about their jobs so there are assistants in there um but there's also there's uh there's a fireman there's a teacher there's a cop, there's a professor, there's a stay-at-home mom, there's a cab driver, there's, you know, but just honestly, like, every job that you can think of, and it's, I cried, like, the entire time that I was reading this book, even the things that weren't sad, it just, when you get the sense of, like, I think it's so rare that we're actually able to be like, okay, I'm really taking a look into somebody's real life. And I think this book does that. And I think that for the question asker, um, I don't know, when she's saying like someone's kind of struggling with who they are within a job, I, th I think she would find this book kind of reassuring. Read it. Title again. Oh, the, okay. sorry. The title again is Working, and it's by Studs Terkel. All right. Mine might be a little on the nose, but it's Camille's, Camille Perry's The Assistants. <laughs> Literally a novel about assistance. Um, co-signed over, <laughs> yeah, co over there. Nice hat. Um, <laughs> so it's about a, a woman named Tina Fontana who is now uh, 30 years old, and she's the executive assistant to this like big hot, you know, big. Hotshot, that's the word I want. Big shot and or hotshot. <laughs> Media CEO. And she's been on the job for like six years. It's not that, a ter that he's a terrible boss, but like she's like, I am still an assistant. Why am I still an assistant? Um, and one day when she's working on expense reports, there is this error uh, like by an order of magnitude and some zeros that gives her an opportunity to sort of like stealthily pay off her student loans because it's chump change to the company she works for. They'll never notice, but it would make a huge difference in her own life. So she's like, oh my God, am I going to do this? Am I really going to do this? They won't even notice, but is it the right thing to do? But I need to pay off my loans. It's like, you know, talk about, you know, choices. Um, 
And so she does, and then word gets out, and some other assistants start to come to her and be like, hey, <laughs> you know that thing that you did? Um, so, and Camille Perry ha- was an assistant uh, to a big shot person for a long time, so she really <laughs> inhabits this character, um, or these characters, rather, and she's so funny. It's a really funny, enjoyable novel. So it might not, like, heal all of your career questions, but it will make you laugh in, and while you're thinking about assistanting. So that is Camille Perry's The Assistants. And it's we my turn time. to read yeah, the... We've got oh, do we have time? We have five minutes, so I think we Five can. minutes. We'll just, okay. We'll, we'll be, be speedy. We'll be speedy. Okay. Um, Okay, so question six is from Britt. Uh, the holidays are a difficult time for many, specifically difficult for me because of the flawed relationship I have with my mother. Now that my obligatory family time has passed, I would love to explore this theme a bit more in literature. Do you have any recommendations for books that explore difficult mother-daughter relationships? We do. Okay, um, okay, yeah, well, yes is the answer. Um, so my pick is White Oleander by Janet Fitch. Oh, oh, I love this. This is like <laughs> a lot of recognition. I know. <laughs> it was like an ooh, like a yeah. quiet. Um, yeah, okay, also a movie, I just realized, and an Oprah book club pick. So this is a book about a girl named Astrid whose mother is a brilliant poet and like a sparkling literary mind of her generation who goes to jail for murder, um, for murdering an ex-boyfriend. And so Astrid bounces from foster home to foster home to foster home throughout her childhood, um, and then also spends some time visiting her mother in prison. Um, And so you're following, her relationship with her mother is obviously fraught, uh, because she's a murderer. And... (laughs) I feel like that would be hard. I don't know. It's so much more fun to watch you make the faces. <laughs> like, usually we're on Skype and I can't see her. Uh, this is great. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so she's a murderer. But she's also, like, a genius. And not in, like, a sociopathic way. Like, her her, commit, her commitment, her, her doing of this crime was not, like, a, a cerebral kind of thing. It was, like, an emotional decision that she made. Um, so she's not... I feel like a lot of times female murderers in literature are supposed to be these, like, ice-cold um, sociopaths. But she's not a sociopath. She's just a brilliant person who got mad once and did a thing. Um, and so she has to deal with her mother, who's a brilliant person who got mad once and then did a thing. And then she's also in these foster homes. And, and it's almost like science fiction. Like, every foster home that she goes to is a different universe. Like, it's got its own rules. It's got its own species of foster parents. Some of them are awful. Some of them are amazing and heartbreaking and wonderful and, like, care for her. Some of them, like, are the worst. Uh, You know, like, horror stories that you hear about about the foster care system. And so you're following her from her, her very young childhood. She's, like, seven or eight, I think, when her mother goes to prison, all the way up until she ages out of the system. Um, and so it's a very affecting, like fascinating look at this super flawed mother-daughter relationship that kind of makes makes you feel a little better about yours, I think. Um, unless you're just a murderer. I don't know. I'm digging myself in a hole here. I'm sorry. I'm going to stop. <laughs> okay. You, you go. Wynal <laughs> um, is also, I live in Los Angeles. It's also a very good kind of portrayal of that city. It, she did a fantastic job with that, too. Um, okay, so mine is Anywhere But Here by Mona Simpson. Um, it is about a, it's about, so it's a mother and a daughter and they have this kind of stolen credit card and they're, they're traveling across America. Um, and one, I love road trip stories, which is probably why I wrote one. Surprise. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but it's also. I can think of one to recommend. (laughs) Hmm. Um, but they're. 
Their relationship is, it's so true to like, if you've ever seen one of those kind of fraught mother-daughter relationships where the mother feels like a thwarted woman, you know, she feels like she could have been somebody, she could have, you know, she could have like had all her dreams fulfilled, but then the unspoken thing is, then I got pregnant with you. Yeah. And, um, oh, this book's just, it's so heartbreaking. And they eventually come to California the the kind of dream is that the daughter will become a child star and that kind of begins to happen and then the the like horror of what it does to the twisted insides of this mother is um really I mean it's it's not like a you know stab you in the eye kind of horror story but emotionally <laughs> it's horrible <laughs> um yeah so it's it's a fantastic book and when you read it you also get to look up mona simpson on wikipedia and read her relationship with steve jobs which is very interesting oh. Oh. uh-oh <laughs> not not a sexual relationship they were should i say they're they're um i have no idea so yeah oh the, uh so one of I can't remember which one. One of them was adopted, and one of them was raised by their biological parents, and they found out much later in life that they were related. Wow. Uh, yeah. I didn't know Steve Jobs. Okay. Yep. Right. Title again. Oh, t- oh sorry. 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 Title again, Anywhere But Here by Mona Simpson. Okay. Uh, my pick for this is The Middlesteens by Jamie Attenberg, which is not just oh, yay, yay. Um, it's not just a mother-daughter story, it's a family story, but Robin, who is the daughter in the family, is like a huge part of the narrative, so I think it definitely fits. Um, and sort of the short way to describe this is that it's about a family in which the matriarch is basically eating herself to death. She's morbidly obese, she's not taking care of herself, she might have to lose some toes, like it's, it's really bad. Um, and the family is struggling to deal with this. And in the course of the novel, you get different perspectives from different family members. You also get to go back in time and like see what Robin's childhood was like, what her mother used to be like, um, and kind of see like how things have come to this point. And you know, you're just wondering the whole time, like what 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 happens next, which I think is a very common feeling for families in moments of crisis. You're like, okay, maybe I can almost see how we got here. Although maybe I can't, like maybe I don't have a big enough perspective shift for it. Um, but like, what are we going to do? Uh, and I feel like she really captured that so well. And it also has some really great moments. Like it's a sad story, um, but there's some really funny, smart humor in there as well. So that is The Middlesteens by Jamie Attenberg. And that's our show. Woo! Um, I do want to, uh, to let you guys know that, n- so this show will go up next week, and yes. then the week after that, we're going to pause our regularly scheduled programming question answering to do a show of book recommendations about like what to read after the election. Huh. Um, so, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it'll be like escapist stuff, how to make yourself feel a little better, also some political stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So if you are listening to the show, please leave us a rating or review on iTunes. It makes the show easier to find. Uh, you can find us on social media. I'm like doing this from memory. I'm, at, I'm Amanda Nelson. I'm She's, really impressed. Yeah, this is I'm, Jen. I'm, I'm Jen IRL, Jen with two N's. Are you on Twitter? Yes. Yeah, I'm yeah. the J Chen. Easy enough. And she'll also be signing right over there. Yes, yes, yes. If you're so go get your book signed and have a good weekend. Thank you all very much for Thank coming. Thank you. Thanks, everyone.